We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. My name is Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers for the fine folks at Blue Wire. Joining me tonight, my co-host, managing editor over at Niners Nation. No, no, no. Managing editor over at the beast that is Niners Nation, KP Kyle Posey. What's going on, man? What up? Yeah, man. Just got done watching watching my son's lifelong fan here. Um, <laughs> no, I'm not much, man. Just enjoying it. Uh, hope you had a good weekend. Uh, got out to San Diego and away from the heat, so that was fun. How about you? How was your weekend, man? Uh, it was good, dude. Um, I mean, it was Father's Day weekend. We had this. Uh, first of all, first off, I have to apologize for as if my voice isn't bad enough on the regular. You know, the whole Kermit and Ray Romano thing, but. Um, right now, as you know, I just started coaching football, the summer camp, and I do not have my coaching voice right now. So I'm going to have to go through that phase of losing my voice and then building it back up so that I can, uh, talk like a coach. So, uh, if, if I sound raspier than normal, I know a bit more nasally than normal, then I apologize because it's just my voice going through the normal transition back into coaching. Are you a um, rah rah guy? Are you a, a yeller, a screamer out there? No, not really. I just, I naturally can talk pretty loud. I mean, it, it was probably a habit I learned in the military and, you know, but I, I'm not a screamer. Like if, if I get loud, it's, it's to, it's for hype, you know, like I'm not a negative guy, you know what I mean? So it's just like, I, I you know, that. I've just been talking at an elevated volume for a while so hopefully it doesn't take too long but so anyways those of you listening i apologize for however horrible my voice sounds um but i'll get there um my weekend was good dude i, I mean it was father's day weekend my dad actually left on father's day uh with my mom to go to hawaii they uh they have a condo in hawaii that they bought they literally paid off their home and then bought a condo in hawaii and so they Jeez. they like and they're not well, they're both teachers. They're not like particularly well off, but 
they just replaced their house payment with a new one. So um, it was, I mean, it was cool though. I, have, I still haven't been there as sad as that is. Um, but yeah, they're in Hawaii now. They'll be there for a month. So I got to hang out with dad before that. Uh, we, cool, we did man. some stuff and he did some barbecue. How was your uh, San Diego trip, bro? It was cool, man. I met up with some uh, just some friends, some old friends, some family. Uh, took the daughter to the amusement park, got to the beach. It was cool just to to get away from triple digit weather and to see overcast, which not used to. Oh that. man, yeah. I love overcast, bro. Best weather, right? I swear that's the best weather. It's the best football weather too. Yep, a hundred percent. It was overcast. It was like high sixties, low seventies, so couldn't beat that at all. No, complaints. that's awesome. I uh, I looked at the weather for Hawaii right now, like. Hawaii right now, it's like the high for the next like eight days is like 83 degrees every day. And the low is like 64 degrees every day. Like it's like it fluctuates like one degree on a daily basis. By looking at that, by the way. I know, man. I know. Because KP and I, KP's in Arizona. I'm in Central California. We're both dealing with very, very similar weather right now. It's, It's consistently in the hundreds. But it is what it is. It is what it is. Um. 49ers, I mean, still finding random ways. Maybe it's more of just the NFL in general giving us something to talk about. Uh, the the going storyline right now is Tom Brady talking about being courted in free agency and saying, like, kind of like I quote, you know, really they're gonna they're gonna choose to keep this mother effort, and and, and you know, it's kind of talking about being passed up on, and of course. 49ers Twitter thought it was all about them. So everybody thought that Tom Brady or suspected Tom Brady was referring to the 49ers electing to roll with Jimmy G over Tom Brady. And I know, I mean, I briefly mentioned it to KP before the pod. I'm not buying it. KP, what do you think? Yeah, man. Just think about it. The, Jimmy didn't leave New England on bad terms. He never had any beef with Tom Brady. We've seen them at like golfing events together. Uh, what wasn't it? Weren't they at the Derby a couple years ago? Yeah. Um, oh yeah. And think about the way Belichick talks about Jimmy. Jimmy is like their long lost son. So I, I just could never imagine a situation unless Jimmy were to come out and say "f Tom Brady" like with in public, where there would be a scenario where. Uh, there's just that kind of backlash. But yeah, everybody thinks it's always about them. Everybody, um, it doesn't help when, you know, there's a large portion of 49ers fans who are not happy with the way their quarterback has played. So it's easy to say, oh, he's got to be talking about Jimmy. And then when national media talking heads double down, it's like, see? But, uh, man, not ideal. But again, I don't think it had anything to do with Jimmy G. If anything, it was probably talking about, like, car if we want to talk about former Bay Area teams um but even then I, I just don't think it is this big of a deal you can tell it's the offseason you can tell it's June when we're worried about a quote from Tom Brady when there's no context and we probably won't find out the real answer even when the episode does drop right yeah I mean I, I could see it really just doesn't matter <laughs> like now that now that I, the more I absorb it it's just like man this is just this just doesn't matter <laughs> but you know, I could see him saying that about somebody like if you if you're not going Bay Area teams like somebody like Chicago who like rolled into the season with like Nick Foles and Mitch Trubisky and Chase Daniel or you know like I could see him saying that about a team like that, but he's not going to say that about his former teammate that by all accounts and purposes uh, he got along with extremely well. Jimmy G never took his job. Jimmy G wasn't responsible for him leaving. 
it was it's just silly to think he's talking about Jimmy G. I I, I got nothing. Fresh off a of Super Bowl too. Like it, it's right. it's not as if they just won, you know, the four games or whatever it was the season before. Uh they just came pretty close to winning a ring. So yeah, I I just don't see Tom Brady talking down on his guy like that. Right. Right, right. No, it's all good. It happens. It happens. Everybody knows that noise. Um <laughs> I mean, I guess in in like kind of like housekeeping news, uh, Jordan Willis got suspended six games. I suppose we should mention that, right? Yeah, yeah. What the heck, man? He's why why does this team small. always do this? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Not the not the biggest hit, you know. I mean, he but he was for sure part of the rotation, you know. Like he would he was gonna get snaps. I I've, I figured he would make the team. You know, along with Nick Bosa, Samson Ebukam, um, maybe D Ford, depends kind of on where he is. What other edge guys are around? I don't know. Yeah, but like they signed Arden Key, but was he right, really going right. to do anything? So he he played in seven games, and still, when he was playing, he, you could see there was something there. There was enough there where you would give him another chance in training camp at least. So, yeah, it, right. it, it just stinks that they won't have, you know, the bottom – those guys at the bottom of the roster to be able to um, contribute because in 2019, when they were dominating, when they were kicking everybody in the mouth, um, they had, you know, the Ronald Blair's coming off the bench and there wasn't much of a drop. There was an obvious drop off, but the drop off wasn't that steep. Right. Yeah. And in that position more than any other position is just all about continually kind of getting fresh legs in there. So a little bit of a loss, not a huge loss, just weird, you know, just goofy. Um, it's it is what it is. The 49ers just have some some luck. You know, they have some some weird just a weird thing. I don't know what it is. I don't know is there any other teams out there that NFL fans feel this way about their team? I just feel like the 49ers are one of those cars that you know you've pushed to the brink and every day you turn it on, you're just hoping and praying that something new doesn't break. And that's what I feel like the 49ers are. You know, like they're obviously they're a great team with great players. I'm not saying they're like a rickety old car, but it it feels like, you know, every morning when you when you turn on your phone for the first time, it's like you won't be surprised if there's some sort of injury news with the 49ers. Like you just won't be. It's it's just a weird vibe. Right. So Warren Sharp, Sharp Football Stats tweeted out something today and it had the winning season since 2003. And the 49ers are tied for third with four wins, four winning seasons since 2003. So we talk about injuries a lot. And I know under Kyle Shanahan, he didn't, the team just didn't start getting hurt because he came along. So what I was going to ask is, do you think, how should I phrase this? Do, Do you think we just give the team too much credit? Because it's not like they've been, this dominant team over the past two decades, essentially. But when they are good, like think of those four seasons, they're going to the Super Bowl. I like, know. They're right there. So it's, it's either all or nothing. I just found that fascinating, man. Just knowing um, that this team is, is yeah, to Jekyll and Hyde. It really is. And, and kind of just, that's a great way of, of kind of summarizing everything about this team. Like it's so hot and cold. Like when it's cold, it's fucking freezing. And when it's hot, it's, it's white hot, you know, like it's just a weird 
thing. And it's cool. You know, it's cool that the 49ers have competed in two Super Bowls semi-recently, you know, one to the NFC and all this stuff. It's great. And it's semi-recent, but at the same time, it's just kind of marred by the fact that they've been absolute shit every other year. So it's like you can appreciate it, but at the same time, you're like, man, can we just consistently compete and and just be – even if it – obviously, you don't want it to be at the cost of being great, but at the same time, you're like, man, like I know this team, especially right now, is capable of competing at a high level, but it's just – one thing after another after another. It's just weird, dude. I don't know how to quantify it. I don't know if there's any other teams out there that share that same, I guess, bad luck. But it is it is what it is. It's there. I, I just don't know how to quantify it. Yeah, they can't seem to outrun it because it's been going on for a long time. So it's not just one or the other person's fault. It's not the training. It's It's everything. It's everything about the team. Right. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird thing. But We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. So I guess kind of blending that into what we're going to talk about today. KP texted me earlier today and he's like, hey man, you want to just do some like some predictions, some stuff we could see happening throughout the season? And this can include the offseason as well. So some bold predictions or just some some solid predictions, whatever. I, you know, it, not everything has to be total hyperbole and out of this world. But so, I mean, lead us off, KP. What are you, what were your thoughts and and, and take us to your, your first uh, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, so just bold predictions. What what I would how I wanted to phrase it is what will we be saying come the middle of the season 
end of October, early November that the team should have done back in the offseason. And I'm thinking about the position that we always talk about. So, and I was watching some 49ers today and just to get an idea of some of the guys, but I kept coming back to Kendrick Bourne, who ironically enough in the game that I watched, it was Washington and they had a ton of drops in that game, but he was also open a lot in that game. And that is what resonates more for me. So I'm just wondering, are we going to be saying come November, how do they let Kendrick Bourne get away for essentially a million dollars a season, knowing that there is no clear-cut number three on the roster. Because if you remember in that game, um, on the play where Chase Young scooped and scored for a touchdown, the receivers on the field, they were Ayuk, they were Bourne, and they were one River Craycraft. So the names that they were playing (laughs) with on offense last year, I mean, they didn't deserve to be. They had no business being on the field is what I would say. But – the injury bug, knowing the injury bug and knowing what you get out of Bourne, and yes, the drops were, I mean, they were there, but he also made a lot more plays, and I just kept coming back to him getting open, him running good routes, and man, I just, they they have to really love Hurt is what it comes down to, or they just want to see, I don't know, like who else is on the roster that they would rather see over Bourne because Richie James never truly beat him out in a competition, and he had an opportunity, I imagine. He's not he's nowhere near as consistent as KB, I would say he obviously has the higher ceiling. He can run after the catch, but um, just going down the list, going down the roster, like this guy over KB, like this guy over, like what did you see here? And it, it's going to come back to Jalen Hurd is the man, the myth, the legend going to stay healthy and produce. <laughs> but if he doesn't, man, uh, we are, we're going to be asking some questions mid season, or is it another scenario where the team makes a move for a veteran white out and like we saw with Emmanuel Sanders. So what do you think about that? Do you think they're going to be uh, – we're going to be looking back like what happened with KB? Because he's going to have an opportunity to play in New England and he's going to put up stats. And if he does, that will even come back to look even worse you know, on the Niners. Yeah, I think the big thing with not bringing KB back with me, and, and I, for the most part I kind of understood why they were going to do it, but I also understood why they did it under the assumption that they were going to kind of – address the wide receiver position this offseason in some way. Uh, you know, like I, I pegged them for maybe one or two receivers during the draft, you know, like, and, and they really didn't do much at all in that position other than an undrafted free agent. So it, it really, to me, the loss of KB kind of ref, like, it makes me think of the things around him, like Debo Samuel, can he stay healthy? Because if you lose him, not only were you in a predicament trying to replace KB, but now you've moved instantly moved beyond that. Have you replaced Kendrick Bourne? Because if you haven't, now you have two receivers that are just kind of in the air. So to me, it, it, the, it's just the fact that the receiver position's operating kind of precariously on a, on, you know, it, it could go either way. And it really only takes one injury from, you know, a Debo Samuel, Brandon, I hasn't really shown much. I mean, obviously he had a little bit there, but, from a Debo Samuel who's kind of struggled to keep himself in game shape, be in the right space when it comes to his body. So they're just kind of rolling the dice there, and I don't know if I like it. So I can feel that, man. And it's not that – we're not saying that Kendrick Bourne was like, oh, my God, how can you let him walk out the door? We're just saying you're losing a very, very steady and reliable part of your offense. And that's something that can bite you in the butt pretty quick. Oh, yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. All right, my first prediction, and this kind of has to 
And this is just me. We joked about before we hit record that I was like, dude, all my predictions are positive. And KB's <laughs> like, well, I could be the I could be the bad cop. I was like, all right. So um my first prediction, and this is this has nothing to do with the actual season, but I'm going to just be you know, like head in the clouds, nothing can bring me down type positive here. I'm going to say the 49ers will not suffer a single additional season-ending injury for the rest of the offseason through training camp. Jesus, Rob. (laughs) I know. You said bold. I am maxing this out right now. You took it to another level before we we didn't even work our way up. Okay, why do you think this? Tell me. Because it just can't get any worse. <laughs> like, the shit that this team has gone through over the past couple of years is just unbelievable. And I just think, and, and I, as I say, the team should turn a corner. There's already been three season-ending injuries so far. You know, they already lost Justin School. They lost Jeff Wilson Jr. They lost uh, Tavarius Moore. So I'm just like... You know, like let's just throw some good luck on the situation, some 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 hopes and prayers, and maybe it'll work out for them. Because at some point, it just has to change. There are teams that routinely go the off season without a single season-ending injury. Like it happens a lot. Like it happens a lot. Now there are plenty of injuries that you hear about, but at the same time, there's still so many teams that go through the offseason without a single single season-ending injury. The 49ers have always had already had three. I'm saying they're done. They're going to be able to be healthy going into the week one, and that is as positive as it gets for me. That I'm just doing my best to sprinkle a little fairy dust on the situation, and hopefully the 49ers can make the best of it. That's And there's no – I have no stats to back this up. I'm just, just starting. That's what I'm starting with, all right? Well, we know that they are one of the most injured teams because football outsiders adjusted games lost consistently has them as one of the most team, one of the teams that just loses the most. But just look across the way in the division, the Rams, since Sean McVay took over, they've been one of the least injured teams. So you think, knowing that Shanahan and McVay are buddies, why doesn't Kyle just call up Sean? Hey, what are you doing? Just show me the way. That's what I would do if I were him because – yeah, the Rams are legit. I think Football Outsiders had them as the second least injured team in 2020. And that just, you don't hear about these season ending injuries that the Rams suffer. So, whatever they're doing, I would do. But no, that's a, that's a crazy way to start us off, man. <laughs> must, be a, must be a Southern California thing versus a Northern California thing. I don't know. I don't know. Um, all right, man. What's your next one? All right. I think the 49ers should not have waited until the third round to sign a cornerback. I also think that we will be saying come midseason, why didn't they invest in a cornerback? Like why wasn't there obviously they brought back Jason Verrett, but Jason Verrett's making his base salary is like two million dollars this season. So it's not like they opened their checkbook to sign a premier corner. They are betting on Verrett who as if you've listened to any of these episodes that I've been on, you know how I feel about Brett. I've followed his entire freaking career. Uh, he hasn't played double-digit games since before this past season, that is, since 2015. There is a lot of gaps on his resume, and there is an assumption that he is going to return. Uh, sure, obviously that he's essentially two years removed from injury now since he was hurt uh, pretty early in that 2019 season that you're hoping that, you know, the further he's away from injury, the more that he stays healthy, 
but he also just turned 30. Father Time has not been kind to cornerbacks who turned 30. So the hope is that he stays healthy, but that is, that's all you have. You have hope. Yes, he was phenomenal last year, but then you look on the other side, you have Manny Mosley who had an up and down season. I thought he played better than given credit for just because, you know, he's going against the best of the best, but, uh, it's him. It's K1 Williams, who's missed time, too. That's another guy who we're assuming that he's just going to play uh, 16 games. But when's the last time that has happened? Like K1 Williams consistently does miss time. That's not me knocking the guy. It's just that's what's been happening. So um, I, I don't know, man. I thought there would be a, a bigger investment early in the secondary. So, yes, they drafted safeties and cornerbacks. But these are all day three guys. And I'm not going to give them credit for that. What do you What do you think? Is the secondary going to be a need come the middle of the season? Because the reason I say that, it feels like that's been the case the last few seasons where, you know, the younger guys are having to play like the Marcel Harris, Marcel Harris's, the Tavares Moores. They're having to be on the field earlier than or just, you know, more often than you, what you would like. You know, I agree too, and and for some reason, when you when you said when you said that project, prediction to me before we started recording, I thought you said quarterbacks. I was ah. like, I was like, oh, okay, quarterbacks, cool, man. Like, I guess they could have added one, uh, <laughs> but they got Jimmy and Trey. But but the corner thing, I completely agree with. I I do think now, you know, could. Emmanuel Mosley, Jason Verrett, and Kwan Williams end up being great. Yes, absolutely. But that's on the very, very bright side of things. And you're talking about, you know, an Emmanuel Mosley that struggled with injuries last year. And when he was healthy, was like borderline getting benched um, by multiple players. You know, yes. he, Akella Witherspoon kind of stepped in in front of him. And you would think that Emmanuel Mosley, when Kwan and uh, what was uh, what was the guy that replaced? K1 last year, the Torres ACL. Uh, Jamar Taylor? There you go. I was thinking Taylor, but I was about to say Julian, and I was I knew that was a different 49ers <laughs> player. Um, you know, and, and they brought in Dante Johnson, which he actually didn't play that bad considering what we've seen from him. But so essentially, you know, you had two chances for Emmanuel Mosley to get on the field once he regained his health, and he couldn't. So – you're kind of counting on him to both stay healthy and play well across from Jason Verrett, who you're also counting on to stay healthy, uh, you know, in uh, surrounded surrounding K1 Williams, who you're also counting on to stay healthy. So it could very easily be great, but it could just as easily all come tumbling down. And the I 49ers could be in a very rough spot there. Like essentially what I took this offseason as is, Hey, we're, we're getting Nick Bosa back. We'll be okay. That's what it uh, it essentially seemed like. So they signed Samson had become, but he's never really rushed the passer full time. They're hoping for Bosa to be Bosa and Javon Kinlaw to take the next step. So they might be fine if that were to happen. And I'm not saying this team is going to be like a bottom 15 defense. I still think they're going to be in the top 10, probably in that 5 to 10 range in a lot of stats, which is still really freaking good, especially – if the offense is, you know, as good as we think it will be. But cornerback is such an important position. And if as we saw week one, shoot, when you have a guy like DeAndre Hopkins and you don't have anybody to stop him, good offenses are just gonna eat you alive, man. Right. Yeah, it's it's gonna be they're just walking a fine line at so many different spots that I, I guess you always are as a team. You know, there's a there's so many positions and so many teams out there that are one injury away from really being a different team. 
you know, obviously you can point to quarterback. That's easy, but at a lot of spots, you know, it's it's just the way it is. But it feels a bit more precarious for the 49ers than it usually does. So it could be bad. But taking, you know, allowing the good cop to step in and brighten everybody's day up a little bit, I think. And this one doesn't even feel bold to me. Doesn't even feel bold. I think the 49ers are going to have a top five. I guess it's a little bold. A top five offense and a top five defense this year. I think they're going to have both. Both of them? Hell I think both of them are. And I don't care if it's Jimmy G. I don't care if it's Trey Lance. And obviously that, that depends on health both, on both sides of the ball. Um, but I could ju- I just have this weird feeling about this year, and I could be completely wrong. I just feel like you have a lot of guys at every position that have some experience you know, as long as they can stay healthy. I think Jimmy G, if he plays, he's going to be pretty good. I think if Trey Lance steps in, I think he's going to be pretty good. Uh, you know, you've got George Kittle's healthy. Brandon Ayuk's out there, who I'm expecting to take a massive step forward. I think, and it's another one of my predictions, I think Raheem's going to have a huge year, especially with somebody like Trey Sermon kind of breathing down his neck a little bit. You know, I expect, I expect the defense to just be insane. Like, I think, again, how many times do I have to say if everyone stays healthy? I feel like that is like the San Francisco if everyone stays healthy. You know, like that right. that should be their name instead of the 49ers at this point. But it's just so much talent all over this team. And if everything just clicks a little bit, they could be really good. You know, like this team could compete against the 49ers Super Bowl team, no problem. Ooh. You know, like there's just not a whole lot to not like there. It's just nice. Now, one of the biggest things is, you know, Sherman was playing at a a better level, you know, and then you had um, someone else I was just thinking of that was prominent, obviously Jimmy G. But it's just I, I, I see good things for this team in its current state. That can change in an instant. But this defense to me is going to be pretty relentless i think it's going to be whatever if the defense takes a step back from what it was in the super bowl or from what it was last year i feel like the offense is going to be taking a step forward which as we know in its own way is is defense you know a great offense is its own defense so um i just see big things and it wouldn't surprise me at all if they were top five in both category and if you want to back off that a little bit maybe top seven but like i think they're going to be really good I think they're going to be really good. So in 2019, uh, the 49ers were seventh in total DVOA. They were eighth in passing DVOA and seventh in rushing DVOA. So you're right on pace there. They've always they've been an explosive team these past couple of years, even though last year they had nobody. But the fact that they were fifth in explosive passing plays was something else. So let's go back to 2019. Third in net yards per drive. They were fourth in uh, points per drive. So they are moving the ball and putting the ball in the end zone. Um, And then on defense, obviously, you know, they're first or second in just essentially everything. But I don't think people gave their offense enough credit that year for just being as efficient as they were. So you'd think that they could rival a lot of those numbers. And my follow-up to that would be higher ceiling – Jimmy or Trey Lance. And I, and I don't care about week one. I'm not talking about week one. I'm talking about when, you know, they have their legs under them, when they're in a groove, when we know who the third wide receiver is, whether that's, you know, 
Richie James or if they just have IU Debo and Kittle, obviously, or, you know, all the offensive weapons are in insane. So you're talking about like higher ceiling, let's say like after week eight, you know, like, yeah, you're yeah. not talking about like week one. Ah, man, that's tough to me, dude. Because in no way am I any sort of like a, a Jimmy Garoppolo homer. I, I'm, I'm, I was fucking pumped when they drafted Trey Lance. Right, like, I can't right. wait to see what that offense looks like with him in it. But I think Jimmy G's got the higher ceiling all year long. Ooh, I like it. I think he's got it all year long. And to me, that's not that flattering. Like, Trey Lance, I think he's going to be good. I, he could be very good just from, you know, and that, and that goes beyond his skill set, just from what I've heard about the personality and what we've heard about the way he handles himself. Um, he has kind of the intangibles to just take himself as far as he wants to take him. And we already know he's got the physical skill set. We already know that's there. You know, the, the, the arm strength, the, 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 just the body type, the, you know, the frame, it's all there, but he's still a rookie and he still is entering into one of the most complex offenses in the NFL. And it, it, to me, Jimmy just has too much experience. And, And to me, even if that's, mediocre, good, you know, goodish, whatever you want to classify as Jimmy Garoppolo. That's a lot of very like high end experience. Like Jimmy Garoppolo has gone through the playoffs and competed in the Super Bowl. So it's, you can't just be like, that shit don't matter. It it's, it matters a lot. And he's got a, I mean, how many years he's got a, what a four year head start on Trey Lance in this offense. Yeah, man. Like so, you can't just discount that. So I'm just for this season, I would think Jimmy G has the higher ceiling as far as just what I would expect both players to achieve. Now, if you're talking ceiling, the the you know, for Trey Lance, it's like that's way higher than Jimmy G's, but we're talking this season. You know right. what I mean? Like the heights that I think if you would have said two years, then I feel like my answer would be Trey Lance. And I wouldn't really think twice about it, but I think this season, I think that's fair to give it to Jimmy. But what do you think? Well, there's going to be an – it's inevitable that Trey Lance is going to go through rookie growing pains. Like, he's going to make a throw that's going to make you scratch your head. And who knows? Like, he might have – <laughs> Jimmy like, did that. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. That, that is fair. Yes. <laughs> but who knows? Like, for a rookie, you would imagine it's not going to be a Justin Herbert 31 touchdown, 10 interception type where he throws over 4,000 yards. It's probably going to be closer to – what we see from every other rookie. So, uh, like Tua, Tua was eleven and five, and sure, he his touchdown interception ratio, but it's not going to be like that low. It's going to be somewhere in between, I imagine. I I have a hard time be, because I know the type of play caller Trey Lance has, and he's going to put him in advantageous situations. So he's going to be throwing to open guys because Jimmy has been doing that this entire time as well. And knowing that they have a stacked offense around him, I would not be surprised to see Lance have, you know, a very good Kyler Murray type of season where they're always playing ahead of the change, which is what really matters. But I don't know, man. I, I, I'm always a little leery about giving rookies too much credit, no matter what I think about them, because a defensive coordinator, they're going to throw everything at them. They're going to throw looks that they haven't seen. And just with Lance not having played that year, I don't know how much that is going to affect him. So if you were, if someone were to tell me Trey Lance should start week one, he's better than Jimmy, and let's just you know let him learn on the fly. And by week eight, nine, ten, the 49ers will have an idea of who he is, and that way you know their offense will be humming. Sure, understood. 
if they all if you were also tell me, hey man, Trey Lance is he's struggling a bit. He's not consistent. And we need to roll with Jimmy. Jimmy is, you know, even kill and he's looking sharp. He's looking healthy after coming off a knee or an ankle. And that would make sense to me as well. So I don't know if there's a right or a wrong answer, but it's just fun to see or just to hear everybody talk talk through it, I guess. Yeah, it, it wouldn't necessarily surprise me if Trey Lance like had one of those like holy shit, like this guy could start now. And like Kyle Shanahan and John Wentz were like, start making calls because we just need to get this guy in there. Like it wouldn't, that wouldn't shock me. But well, what I, I, you calls know, could you make? I don't know, He's man. I get me at this point. I don't know, dude. That's tough. Yeah. It's tough. 25 it could just, million, man. Right. It could just, it could be all over the place. I just don't know. Looking at the way the current teams are, you, the 49ers are probably hoping, you know, obviously it would all stem off how Trey, Trey Lance looks in the offseason, but probably hoping for like one of those Sam Bradford scenarios where a team's quarterback gets hurt and they have to trade for somebody like that and give up more than they want to give up because the other team has all the leverage. You know, I, they would, that to me would be the main precursor to somebody offering the 49ers more than they could turn down. And, you know, you think about it, that doesn't even have to mean that Trey Lance looks amazing. True. If if somebody just offers the 49ers more than they feel like like they'd be stupid to say no to, then you just roll. So yeah, if, even if it's like closer, let's say Jimmy is ahead 65-35 or whatever it meant, whatever it is. And yeah, that might be enough to pull the trigger if knowing that you won't be able to recruit that same. Some some playoff team that had aspirations, their quarterback gets hurt. They call about Jimmy G and they're like, dude, we'll just give you our late first. Like, it sucks. Just, and they're like, okay. Yep. <laughs> Shut up and take my money. Right, right. It's like that scene from Moneyball when he, when he just hangs up the phone and he's like, I think he was going to say something else. And he's like, when you get the answer you want, hang up. Yes, so, I love that. That's great. You should know all the one-liners from that movie. Right? I know, man. I know. It's bad. It's awesome. Okay. So, did you have another prediction? So, I think that investing in their offensive line – Alex Mack specifically will be the reason that the 49ers do have a top five offense this year. Yes, Trey Lance has a chance to be awesome. Yes, Jimmy G will probably bounce back. But having five guys up front who know what they are doing is going to go a long way for this team. So not sure what Aaron Banks is going to look like. Um, He could be great. He could be average. I'm expecting him to just be consistent. But knowing that Alex Mack just doesn't make the same kind of Mistakes that Daniel Brunsko would make, who, I mean, the dude was playing in the AAF a couple seasons ago, so it's it's tough to be too down on him. But the upgrade. Right, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, the upgrade from Mac to Brunskill, just as far as knowing who to block in pass protection, um, knowing where to go, getting to your spots in the run game, I just think that signing is going to be what takes the offense to another level because now the quarterbacks are going to have – Time to scan the field. Now the running backs may have that cutback lane. Now the running backs will be able to stay on their path a little bit longer because they don't have to avoid somebody in the freaking backfield because there was miscommunication up front. So uh, that's going to go a long way for these guys. I think I think that that will pay off in even more dividends. I th- I, no matter what, you're, you've got a huge upgrade along the offensive line. That I, I, I love that you brought that up because I don't think the offensive line and the moves they made there get enough love. You know, I think sounds like McGlinchey had his oh shit season yeah. and he's going to do what he's got to do. You got Aaron Banks, uh, you know, it, you got all these guys that just, and Lincoln Tomlinson and Trent Williams are, they'll probably be even better 
you can expect them to be even better than they were last year, just based on a, you know, um, a cohesion, uh, a camaraderie standpoint, knowing what each other's doing. Uh, that should be more. And then, you know, Alex Mack, a guy like that, that is what you want to have if Trey Lance starts more so than Jimmy Garoppolo. Not that Jimmy Garoppolo can't benefit from a guy like Alex Mack, but the you know Trey Lance stepping up and having a truly veteran center like that that can take a lot of the stuff that Trey Lance may have been used to doing in college off of his plate. You know, like that's that's a huge oh, yeah. deal, man. The less he has to think about, the better. Like to, to have a veteran center in meetings with you to talk through things right. uh, or while you're at practice to, you know, to go over, Hey, did you see it like this? Hey, I saw it like this. So yeah, that, that is just such a help for as far as the learning curve goes. Yeah. That's a great point. I like that. And it was positive too. Welcome. welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so I was um, watching uh, in the game, the, the game that I was watching, uh, Mullins took a drop. Lakin Thompson writes his guy out of the gap where he's trying to go. Mullins runs, it drifts into to the left, right to Thompson's guy. Thompson gets charged with a sack. There's no way that that play would be on Thompson, but because you don't have a quarterback who knows what he's doing, for lack of better words, mm-hmm. uh, it, it looks it makes Thompson look bad. So uh, the trickle effect um, for the offensive line, just with having you know healthy guys up front, will be great for them. What do you got? Where are you taking us next? Um, I'm going to go back to my. I'm going to keep it on the positive side because I mean. Maybe the reason all my shit was positive was because I was just done talking about negative shit with this team. Like, like I already feel bad enough for them. Like, it just <laughs> seems like there's always something. And I'm just not going to kick them anymore. But I'm going to go back to my boy Raheem. And I am going – because I feel like everybody is jumping on the Trey Sermon bandwagon. And that is by no means a bad thing. I, you know, going jumping deep diving into Trey Sermon was like – one of the more positive experiences I've had with a draft prospect in a while. Like there were, he just does. Yeah. He just does some really unique things that you're not used to seeing from a running back. But I think people are forgetting a little bit, just how good Raheem is, especially in Kyle Shanahan's offense. And I feel like having somebody like Trey Sermon, who obviously by his draft position and his talent level, uh, you know what the 49ers think of him. You know what they want to do with him. You know they at least want him to be, um, you know, the the number two, you know, the the, the right hand, uh, you know, and with Raheem being the left. But I think Raheem's going to come out. I mean, he's going to have a – I think he's going to have a huge year. And I put – I don't know if, if I should ramp this up. I think that Raheem Mostert is going to account for over 1,400 all-purpose yards. Hello. So I think that he, I could see that panning out like something like 900 to maybe like 900 ish to a thousand rushing and then adding in, I don't know, a reasonable three or 400 yards in the past game. I don't think that's that crazy, but I just feel like, especially with the fact that if Trey Lance steps in there, that makes the 49ers want to run the ball even more. Um, The receivers, they, they're good. Debo Samuel and Brandon, I, you could good. I, I especially, Assume Brandon Ayuk will be good. But I still think the 49ers are just going to want to run the ball a lot, a lot, a lot. And I think that Raheem is going to stay healthy, and I think he's going to have a huge year. So I'm going to go with 1,400 all-purpose, and you can kind of mix and match that how you want. He's obviously not nearly as much of a a receiving back as as he could be, and that could be just based on utilization or whatever. But um, I think he's going to have a big year. I I think he's going to do Raheem things and bite off – 
60 plus yard plays like they're nothing and big big year for him so my bold prediction heading into last season was that he would play so well that he would garner mvp attention and the first two games like 90 yard game 90 yard game i'm like told you told you told you and then he just got hurt and he was never really able to uh bounce back but in that same washington game today he has speed unlike anybody else when the ball's in their hands. Like some guys can get to top speed, but he gets there within like a step and a half and he maintains it. And linebackers have zero shot. They have no chance of getting a hand on him, which is why I just hope to God that he stays healthy because he's fun to watch because you're not really used to seeing someone move that fast with the ball in their hands. And he doesn't uh, even like – like, okay, when you look at Tyreek Hill, you can kind of see his speed, you know, yeah. in, in the way he looks. And when you look at, like, you know, how Deshaun Jackson used to be, like, you can see that they're fast. They Raheem, Raheem is just a, a thick, strong, big dude. And he, I think that's why he creates such bad angles is because people just don't, when they look at him and, they, and in the way he runs, they don't see his speed. It's, it's kind of effortless. He yeah. makes it look effortless. So there's that's no way you can simulate it. Right. But so last season in eight games, in eight games, Raheem had 521 rushing yards and 156 passing yards. So it just if you doubled that and obviously football math doesn't work like that, right. he would have gone for over a thousand rushing yards and then over, you know, over 300 passing yards. So to me, it just means if Raheem plays a full season, it, you know, obviously it all comes down to the health, then he will. 1,400 all-purpose yards is not crazy. They just I think they need to get him to 200 carries, and that way he's going to average five yards a carry. I don't think that's a much of a hot take to say that. So he'll be over 1,000 if he can get to 200 yards, and he's probably going to break a couple of these screens for big gains, and that was the case in 2019. He wasn't really running, you know, will routes or actual routes, but he was just taking screens and check downs, and he would – break them for long runs. And that that's pretty much what I imagine his role would be. Um, I, obviously, I, th- I think they're going to be a little more confident in the rookies receiving skills. If Raheem can um, not double catch the ball, do you know what I mean by that? Yeah. When, oh, yeah. So that's what he does. And there's one example that stands out again, because I just watched it against Washington where he runs an out route. The deep the angle it just erases the angle right away from the defender. He catches it, then double catches it, and it's a six yard gain instead of a twenty yard gain. So if he could just be consistent in that sense, then yeah, fourteen hundred is that we'll be laughing that we that we were talking about fourteen hundred if he can just be consistent with his hands because uh, the running issue. I think that man he can turn five into twenty really easily. Um, it's just about. Yeah, catching catching the ball the first time, I think. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. My last prediction was I'm just going to fire this off real quick. Still on the positive side, but I haven't said anything about the defense. Well, I did say something about the defense being top five. Uh, I think uh, your boy Jason Verrett's going to make the Pro Bowl. Woo. All right. I like I think, it. I mean, I, I could see him getting all – if he's healthy. You know, I, and, again, there's that. I'm going to title this episode if he's healthy. Um <laughs> I mean, dude, the guy could be all pro. Like, he's just that good. You're just used to not getting to think of him that way because you just don't expect him to play. But, I mean, I mean, how much – how good was he last year in relation to other corners? 
so his 2020 was better than Sherman's 2019. And I'm not sure people are aware of that because obviously the 49ers had more success in 2019. And, you know, Sherman is this loud vociferous person who wants you to know that he's good. But Barrett, quiet, humble, uh, he was just lights out. He was like top. I know he's top 10 in yards per target. Didn't really get a lot of pass breakups and INTs, but bringing circling back to that Bosa guy and assuming that Kinlaw takes the next step. And hopefully, uh, Ebukam, you know, brings the speed that they need, allows Armstead kick back in. That way you have, you know, four consistent pass rushers. Who knows what D Ford gives them? But if the front four can play anything like anything in the vicinity of 2019 and you have Verrett from last year, who, again, was a better version of Sherman, then, yeah, I, I would that wouldn't be surprising at all because that would allow him to play more aggressive, to sit on routes. And he's not going to have a gauntlet of Nuke, Stephon Diggs, Devontae Adams. Like, those, that doesn't exist. Nobody has to go <laughs> through that. So, yeah, man, I, I love that because it's bold and we actually do get to talk about good things about the defense. He just has to stay on the field. And, honestly, hope the guys in front of him stay healthy as well because if, if – we're talking about a healthy 49ers team come November. I, I don't think there will be too many losses. Nope. Nope. Hopefully my uh, my positivity did not gross you guys out. <laughs> you know, but I did I again I did agree with even though it was technically KP's uh KP's prediction. But yeah, the corner situation I, I it doesn't take any anybody to know that that could very easily just explode in their face. But uh we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. That's what it's all about. But I don't know, man. You got anything else? No, man. We think we, we did it. We did a good job. You know, we did always, the thing. The 49ers are going to give us something else to talk about next time. And don't yep, you? Yep. They will. They fucking will. You know it. But apparently, Jason Brett's out there trying to recruit Melvin Ingram. Yeah, do it. Bring I'm, him on. I'm, I'm a bit surprised he's. I mean, I guess this last couple of years, there was a lot going on, a lot of struggles, uh, both with quality of play and injuries and stuff, but yeah, they're um, buddies too. Right. But I mean, if, if a guy goes this long without being signed, you know, they, they just get cheaper. So how do you could, think like an Ebucom or an Armstead feel about that when they see that, when they see their teammates, Hey, come play with us. I don't know, man. <laughs> I guess. Maybe maybe take my could, spot. I know they could justify it in their own mind, given that that Willis just got suspended for six games, and you know it would be easy for Ebukam to say, "Oh, they're just bringing him in here to <laughs> to uh, to take up Willis's snaps." They're you bringing know, they're bringing Melvin Ingram in to take Jordan Willis. Uh, yeah, I want, I want whatever he's drinking, if that's the case. Right, right. Hey, man, when it comes to uh, just keeping up your own mental stability, you'll you'll convince yourself of whatever you gotta convince yourself of, but. That would be a perfect fit, by the way, like signing a Melvin Ingram. Like he does exactly what they want to do on defense. So do it. Go for it. Do it. Yeah, do it. I think the. I wonder why, just last little thing, do you think uh, there's any significance to the 49ers having not signed Trey Lance yet? Have any of the top quarterbacks signed? I don't believe so. Maybe that's what I don't it is. Either. Maybe it's the domino effect because – there are other first rounders getting signed left and right by the day. It seems like, but no, Not I, the I really don't think so. Okay, maybe they're yeah, maybe they're just waiting on signing bonus, and so they can write down the language, or who knows. But it should, I imagine, it's coming. 
Also, shout out to the uh, the Suns for ending a, a playoff game with an alley-oop. Like, that is oh, so damn good. Now, on that play, though, he has to have his hands off the ball before the clock expires, right? So, I, I think, yes. And, by the way, it took, like, point two off, which, sure, whatever. Uh, the, reviews the, the reviews toward the end of that game was pretty ridiculous. But somebody was trying to say it was the Clippers were saying goaltending, but he just threw him the ball. So that no, it's not goaltending. No, it's not uh, goaltending. It's an alley oop. Like, and the only reason he didn't dunk it like how they would normally would because he wanted to get his hands off the basketball. Right. You know. So yeah, no, they're definitely not goaltending. But that's a badass way to end a game that you don't really see that often. You know, it's it it seems like maybe. It could be underutilized. You know, obviously I told you before this, I'm not a huge basketball guy, but it's like, all you got to do is put the ball near the rim and the dude should be able to kind of get it in there. And right. it's just an interesting way of going about it. But anyways, go on. Yeah. I think we're good, bro. That was, that was, that was too easy. That flowed right out, right off the lips there. Love it, but, love it. Yeah. So I guess we're, uh, we're back on here Thursday. Hopefully when we go back and listen to the recording, there's not any of KP's patented pending, uh, buzzing noise. Uh, if there is, we'll probably just, I don't know. We'll figure it out. You know, we'll figure it out, but, um, yeah, I appreciate you guys. Thanks you for, uh, thanks for listening to striking goal. Thanks for making it what it is. Thanks for all the support. Uh, it's, it means a lot. It means a lot. Like I said, we, there'd be no point to getting on here and doing this if y'all weren't propping us up and making striking gold and blue wire what it is because it's been a little been a crazy little ride um but that's it for today make sure you're following kp on twitter at kp underscore show he tweets all the time um non-stop super funny like he's just easily the most entertaining twitter feed you'll you'll follow so uh and then you, you'll get about the same with me there's just if there's nothing to talk about i'm probably not tweeting so that's just the way it is but Follow us on Twitter. Do that thing. Give us a rate. Give us a review. Give us a subscribe. Give us a download. All those good things. Um, but again, appreciate you guys. This is Striking Gold. That's KP. I'm Rob. And we are signing out. <laughs>